Okay, guys, today I have the great privilege, and we, we've been planning for this so long, praying for this for so long, the great uh, privilege of launching the final phase. Hopefully, you were given one of these when you came in. Just wave them at me. Just reassure me that you all got one. If you didn't get one, who didn't get one for some reason? Dennis. <laughs> Tracy. Oh, it's because you slept here last night, that's right. Okay, um, yeah, get one of those before you go. Okay, let's pray, let's get into it. I, I seem to be pushed for time, which I hate to admit, but let's do it. Heavenly Father, I just wanna say thank you because at just the right time, you sent your son Jesus. Just the right time, he died for us. Just the right time, you raised him from the dead. Just the right time, you, spent, you sent the Holy Spirit. And at just the right time, you called this church into being. And at just the right time, we are launching this final phase. So please hold Holy Spirit as an act of uh, your compassion and mercy, uh, your anointing. Would you quicken us to the task before us and help us to understand that we have truly been caught up in something bigger than ourselves. And everyone said, Amen. You know, when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I think in 1974 or something like that, when all of this began for us, for, for my family, uh, there was a, a number of passages that were very important, but one of them, uh, for me personally, turned out to be a bit of a keynote passage, and I wanted to read that because even today I can see you know, this working out among us, and it's Isaiah 35. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you, uh, please turn up to that. If you haven't got a Bible and would like one, just ask at the welcome desk. Uh, but it will come up on the, uh, the screen uh, too. So Isaiah 35. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon, and they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those who, whose hearts are fearful, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. And it will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Wow. Does that sound good or what? Who thinks that sounds good? Who thinks that sounds, okay. Emma Bluston, put your hand up. Wonderful. I love this passage. It, it speaks to me of the, of the gathering God. And this has been a theme that has run through this church and through our ministry before we founded this church. The sense that God is a gathering God. Yes, we are sent. We are sent. We are sent, we're told to go and be good news, to bring the kingdom in. 
But I think for me, what was an enormous relief and what was a tremendous revelation was the fact that actually God is already on the move. He is gathering people. It's not that he sits up and says, well, get on with it then. Don't sit around gawking. You know, he's actually on it. And when the church of Jesus Christ begins to engage with the community, engage with the Holy Spirit, and seeks to build the kingdom in a demonstrable way, we find that God is already ahead of us. He's anticipated every move. He's anticipated every prayer. He's anticipated every gift. And I find that thrilling because it is in that sense that I say to you so often, we have been caught up in something bigger than ourselves. Someone say hallelujah or give me a round of applause. I'm milking it this morning. <laughs> okay, so we worship one, a gathering God. And I love this imagery in Isaiah 35 of this highway, this highway of holiness where he calls the, the, the redeemed, those who have been saved, those who have engaged in and encountered the living Christ, and he calls them back, gathering together. And I love the way that it speaks of the desert just sort of exploding. You know, Fliss and I, we used to use a devotional when we first sort of, you know, as I say, got filled with the Holy Spirit called Streams in the Desert. Goodness knows where that is now, probably in, in some book, you know, sort of charity bookstore. But it, all of that spoke of springtime, and that's how it felt. And I feel as if we're coming into a time of, of great springtime. But just look at us now. You know, just look at us now. Uh, you know, half, a third of us have gone outside into the, the children's church and the, the youth and what have you. Uh, but, but, you know, God has gathered. God has brought you here. You may think you wandered in here by accident thinking this was a wine bar. The truth of the matter is that you have come here because you have responded in the spirit to God's divine in invitation. So we find ourselves, and then of course, probably about four or five years ago, when I, and I totally down to me, me bad, or whatever the, uh, the expression is, you know, I had run out of steam, and I was thinking, how long is it before I retire? You know, and uh, it, 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 I, I really was in that place, and you guys, you were saying, yeah, we've got to expand, you know, God's doing great things. I say, yeah, wonderful, isn't that marvelous? Yeah, go, go to it then, let me know how you get on, you know. And uh, it, it was just that kind of a situation. But then God began to speak to me through Isaiah 54, and this became a very, very you know, familiar verse to us. So Isaiah uh, 54, 2, 3, I'll go to now, Hannah, thank you. And uh, in that we read in the first uh, two or three, a uh, couple of verses rather, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. You know, we responded. I was saying, God, would you come? Would you, would you, you know, turn this city around? Would you, would you, uh, and I pray literally every Wednesday with a number of pastors from all over this region, you know, Lord, revive us. Lord, let your kingdom come. Do not overlook this nation, we pray. Lord, please let us not be a generation that finds ourselves in glory with no great stories to tell of what you did because of our callous hearts and our careless attitude to the things of God. We pray that. We prayed that for nearly 30 years now, fervently, absolutely fervently. 
And so we find, so I was crying that out, still doing that, still you know, doing that discipline of crying out to God to revive us. And then suddenly the Lord said to me, you make space. It's like the feeding of the 5,000 when the disciples say to Jesus, they say, look, they're, you know, they're hungry, we need to send them away. Say, you know, they are hungry, so the solution is to send them away. There's something weird about that, don't you agree? And Jesus said, you feed them. Come on, guys, you feed them. And of course, that leads to an extraordinary miracle, and you can read about that. And so I found myself with other leaders, with other members of this church, praying, you know, Lord, God, turn us around, you know, add to our numbers, etc. And then the Lord said, you make space, you make space. And I've used this imagery very often. You know, I've often seen the Father like a, like a Dickensian movie on the television where, where some benign uh, uh, elderly gentleman appears you know, silhouetted in the doorway, and he's got a couple of little orphans and waifs and strays in each hand, and he looks in into the, the dining room, the dining hall, long trestle tables laden with food and, and benches on either side, and he says, shuffle up, I've got a couple more here. Shuffle up. And the church, you know, has been, I'm talking about the church generally, but maybe this church too. We've been remarkably resistant to shuffling up to make room for more. And the Lord just powered me with that, that image again. Come on, Chris. Come on. Shuffle up, boy. Shuffle up. So then we found ourselves, thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we've got to buy another building and all the rest of it. And we had one or two full starts. It was a pretty agonizing business. But then finally, we finally found ourselves with an opportunity to buy the building next door. I mean, left and right, gosh, you know, uh, I don't hold out much for that business over there, but, uh, you know. You know, got our eyes on that, you know. But uh, anyway, you know, the building next door came, and, and, and I was saying, uh, I, I wonder, is, could that be God? You know, and people say, duh, come on, smack, 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 wait her up, wake up, Chris. So we bought the building next door. That, that required sacrificial giving. No bring and buy sales, sacrificial giving. We bought that. It was a fraught and difficult purchase. It really was. There seemed to be an unbelievable amount of, of deceit and suspicion from the vendors and their agents, and it was painful in the extreme. And then they tried to pull a fast one, and, and they, you know, there was a, a big oil tank hidden under there. And when we discovered that, and thank God the angel of God, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, uh, just helped us to find that, we realized that that could have had very serious eco, uh, eco uh, consequences. We really had to deal with that. But boy, they fought us at every step. But praise God, God gave us the victory. Give the Lord another round of applause. <laughs> this was so protracted, though, not surprisingly, you know, the momentum began to drain away from us. And, you know, momentum is, is, is so important in a church. It's important in any organization. But it was as if, you know, even the best of us were beginning to sort of stagger and say, gosh, what have we saddled ourselves with here? And then we had to go for planning permission, and that was an agonizing experience, absolutely agonizing. Then we tried to raise money. Well, of course, suddenly all the excitement of expanding, all the excitement of buying a new place, of, of, of what we were going to do, that had all gone, and it was like trying to pull ourselves up like our bootlaces to the degree that, that some of us began to worry and wonder whether we'd actually made a mistake, that this, at this fence we would fall. At, at this sense, all of our enemies, and we do have enemies, 
We do have enemies. All of our enemies would have said, yeah, I knew it, precocious bunch of, of pop, pro, uh, poppy people, <laughs> all beginning with P and lots of Adams and things. <laughs> Ran out of steam there. Come on, don't just sit there, guys. Help me out here. <laughs> and it was tough. It was tough. But then the word of God, the Lord just prompted us to read on from Isaiah 54 and 52. And it says this in verse 4 of chapter 54. Do not be afraid. Oh, I love it when God says do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. The tenderness, the tenderness of God, because we were out there. And every time we've taken new ground, we've, we've risked everything. It could have broken us. It cost us 1.3 million before we even did anything to it. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. What, and we hung, we clung to that word. We clung to it. And then finally, just over a year ago, October the 2nd, the Lord Mayor came and we opened next door. We've got a little video clip of the building. We're not going to show you the grand opening, but let's, let's just uh, run that little video. It, we, it was such a wonderful feeling to get started on the place next door. the Lord another round of applause. Bless God. And you know, what have we done? Let me just give you a little bit of a, a bit of a rundown of last year, or oh, this last 12 months. This is, this is staggering. This was actually in the uh, financial, director's financial update. Uh, I, I just, I don't know whether we really make enough of these director's financial updates. I don't know whether you read them. I, I hope you do. They are fantastically encouraging. This is what we got up to in the last 12 months since we've opened this place next door. Our average Sunday attendance was 940. That's including ch kids and, and youth. Uh, we ran 8,907 children's ministry sessions. Um, supported by 157 team members. We, were on, we ran 2,408 Sunday youth sessions, uh, up 26%, up 26% from the previous year. 52 people attended Alpha. 
As far as social media outreach reach was concerned, 5,137 video views or downloads were, were made. Our website pages were viewed 75,392 times by 15, over 15,000 unique users. Uh, the Vineyard app was accessed 16,500 times. Four, over 40,000 downloads of our Sunday Talk podcast with almost 50% from outside the UK. I mean, what? Uh, over 10,000 posters, leaflets, newspapers were planned, 400 donuts a week. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, on the other side, as far as our, our Vineyard Care Center, you know, which includes feed, of course, we have an, uh, had an, uh, an average of 318 clients each week, of which 228 were regular. 16 new organizations donated items, in addition to 41 churches, 14 schools, and 28 other organizations. We had 65 children take advantage of our Make Lunch Ministry. You know, that's for kids during the holidays where parents on low incomes are really struggling to feed their kids when they're not being fed at school. Uh, 50 clients used our new drop-ins uh, clinics for legal and financial advice. Uh, obviously, we, we forged new relationships with Ocado. There's a lovely new van out there. 47,563 items were given out over the year, and our volunteer increased from 34 to 45 in our care ministry alone. Give the Lord another round of applause. You know, I, we, you have been caught up in something bigger than ourselves. And now we come breathless but not broken to the final phase. You've been given this this morning and uh, it'll give you uh, a, a pretty good outline of what we're wanting to do. You know, we, uh, we find ourselves uh, you know, caught in this, this upsurge of God's blessing, this upsurge of his favor. You know, what this final phase is essentially is developing the first floor uh, out there. There is, I think, a little model in the atrium. I didn't notice it when I came through. I was a bit late. Uh, but there's a model which shows that. But what that first floor includes is obviously all the ironwork that takes us up onto the first floor and, and keeps us safe up there at the moment. It's, it, we can't let anybody up there. It's too dangerous. But uh, essentially what we want to do is we want to increase our, our dynamic new youth facilities. We, we want to try and include a new youth pastor in that giving. But uh, it will also include a, a new uh, auditorium for Ventureland 200. As you've noticed... Our Ventureland guys now are having to use our atrium. That's not, that was not planned. And whilst that's okay now, once we get into the winter, remember how cold it was next door? Who remembers how cold it was in that last winter? It was bitterly cold next door. We even had to resort to, to hiring gas fires, those gas blower things, you know, which were crazy. They, they, it's like burning five-pound notes, you know. So... Uh, we want to build a, a new auditorium for 200. We'll also be able to use that for conferences, mid-sized conferences, eco-church conferences, weddings possibly. You know, this is a 750-seater auditorium. It's not always suited to a, 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 a wedding of, with perhaps 100 or 200 guests. 
Um, also, we want to develop our, uh, vin uh, our new vineyard care center. There is tremendous vision attached to that, tremendous opportunities. We have more invitations and opportunities than we can realistically handle. But actually, this week, the board will be discussing developing that ministry and making the most of that. All of this is what we plan to do in the future. It's not new stuff. It's what we said we would do at the beginning. And now, having taken our breath, because we needed to get on with the church year, in October last year, we now, we now pause for breath and we prepare ourselves prayerfully, intentionally, intelligently, and sacrificially to believe God for around about 750,000 pounds. It's a lot of money, bumped up a great deal because we have to put a complete new heating system in there for AC and heating. But you know what? 750,000. That, who thinks that's a lot of money? It is a lot, actually, it is. What am I saying? <laughs> but some, if you were here last week, something absolutely wonderful happened. Who was here last week just out of interest? Most of you. We had uh, both this service and the other service, just, we've done it many times before, but we had two uh, dear folk come up here, and I, I won't mention names, you've whatever. But suffice it to say, uh, I, I asked the question, who needs more than a tenor? And uh, at both services, somebody came forward and you guys responded magnificently. And you brought your 10 pounds notes, you brought your five pound notes, some of you even brought a 20 pound note. We all made a little sacrifice, or maybe a big sacrifice, I don't know, depends how you fix it. And we, we put that money in there. And you know, one of those, we, we, we don't prep this beforehand. We just pray that the Holy Spirit will cause the right person. Now, not wanting to embarrass anybody, one of those uh, people that came forward was a, uh, is a, a single mom of four. And her eldest son has, actually lives with her sister in Barnet. And she came that morning uh, with her car having just broken down with minus 32 pounds in her bank account and very upset because she was not going to be able to go over to Barnet to celebrate her son's uh, birthday with her sister because she just didn't have the money. And so by the grace of God, we got her up here and we all put our five and our tenner in and whatever it was. And do you know how much she went away with? 736 pounds. This is the power of the church when it's anointed by God, when it's called by Jesus Christ. We put our fivers in, we put our tennises, we, we make our sacrifices, but together we raised 750,000 pounds to do that. Together we raised over 500 pounds, 500,000 to develop that place next door. Together we raised 1.3 million pounds or thereabouts to, to buy the building. You know, together we raised 2.3 million pounds to buy and develop this thing. You know, by putting in, yeah, some making big sacrifices. You know, if you're a... Oh, bless you. If you're afflicted with wealth, we want to help you with that. <laughs> Hands up if you're afflicted with wealth. But everybody gets to give. Everybody gets to do it. And we all do our bit. Miracles start to happen before our very eyes. Miracles start to happen. Give God another round of applause. So 
So how shall we give? Well, there's a practical thing on the back of there about how we give. We're going to sort of, uh, you know, I, please just read that. Uh, and please let's be intelligent. If you're a taxpayer, let's, let's gift aid it as well because that's, that's money for old rope, as they say. How are we going to give? We're going to give sacrificially. We're going to give gladly. And so help me God, we're gonna give generously. Oh, by the way, we gave away over 96,000 pounds last year to other organizations. We don't just take care of ourselves. The board has just agreed to make a substantial four-figure donation to Kingdom Light Church in Hatfield who are putting in air conditioning. Why? Because they cannot bear the heat in summer. I went down to the grand opening and I was, I fried, I tell you. You know, God is up to something. God is on the move. And you and I, whatever our background, wherever we've come from, whatever our story, whatever our testimony, whatever juncture of our life, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, we have been caught up in something bigger than ourselves. Amen? Amen. This is it all right to say amen. She doesn't like me saying amen, you see. Okay. So finally, 2 Corinthians 8, chapter, 10, chapter 8, verses 10 to 12 say this. Have we got that, Hannah? No? Okay, that's all right. Talk amongst yourselves. Don't worry. I threw Hannah, poor Hannah, a loop. I rewrote the sermon this morning. 8, verses 10 to 12 say this. Um, uh, yes, where are we? And here is, my, here is my advice about this, what is best for you in this matter, in this time. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work. This is Paul to the Corinthian church. Now finish the work so that your eagerness and willingness to start it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. That seems remarkably apposite to me, not enthusiastically. Yes, such great people. Let's all stand, let's pray, and let's get on with it. Sam, would you come up? Would you bring the team? Thank you. Next week, today is launch day, a final phase. Next week, we're going to have a special offering. We don't expect to raise the whole amount next week. But we will have a special offering next week where you can make whatever gift you can or pledge. Felicity and I don't have a pot of gold at the moment we can give at this moment. But we were thinking and praying about and talking about it as recently as last night. We've decided what we can give and we next year, next week will be putting a pledge note in saying over the next 12 months we are going to give this amount of money. And we've worked out how we can do that. You may be in that position. Pledges are great. Cash is great. Give any way you can. Let's do this. Let's do this to the glory of God. Let's bow your heads. Heavenly Father, just want to say thank you. As we have learned and as we have said so many times before, it's your faithfulness in the past that gives us faith for the future. Thank you that we are alive in this day and this age and that we have been caught up and we will have a story to tell of what you did in us and what we did in your name. Thank you, Lord God. What we're caught up in is so much bigger than any one of us and we are grateful to you. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you.